because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. You may be seated. Good morning. This morning I want to talk about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And there's a picture I want to show you, pictures. Um, and I want you to think in your mind, which picture is a picture of true peace? That's a picture zoomed in a little bit. I will come back to this question at the end of my sermon. In this world today, everyone is trying to find peace. There is a longing in every single person's life to have peace. Wars are being fought to find peace between countries and within countries. Gangs, people on the streets, in family situations, fight with, with each other to find peace. Even those people that murder others at churches and schools and in public places, they are as well trying to find peace within their souls. Our world over the past 3,400 years, and this um, survey was done in 2003, has only been at peace for only 268 years. The United States has been at war for 222 years out of the 239 years. That means that America has been in war at least 96% of the time. And that survey was done in 2017. So what is true peace? Where does it come from? How do we get peace? The world's definition of peace is freedom from disturbance, trouble, stress, threat, fear, anxiety, and conflict. Peace in the world's definition is a beautiful summer evening out by the beach, watching the sunset go down over the water, listening to the waves break in the shore, or also by a by a small mountain stream where the stream is gently going over a small waterfall. The birds are chirping, a herd of deer grazing in the meadow. Is this true peace? Is that true peace? What happens when a storm moves up to the beach? The peaceful scene is taken away. Or what happens when a gunshot rings out on the mountainside that scatters the herd of deer away? The peaceful scene is disrupted. Is this true peace? The world does not know what true peace is. They will never be able to find it until they come 
to the Prince of Peace. So what does the Bible have to say about peace? What is the Bible, the biblical definition of peace? Often one word that we think about, and is a Jewish term, is shalom. It is a Jewish greeting, and what they are saying when they greet each other with this is that I hope that you have all my highest good coming your way. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I hope that you don't get into trouble. Shalom has the idea of completeness, success, fulfillment, wholeness, harmony, security, and well-being through Christ. The peace that Jesus gives to us is a quiet state of the soul, assurance of salvation through Christ, and it fears nothing from God and where he may lead us. And it's also content with his earthly lot, no matter what that may be. And it is a calm, unafraid, unruffled confidence that having placed our life in his hands, all will be well. This peace that Jesus gives cannot be destroyed by circumstances, by, by external circumstances. The peace that Jesus gives us does not mean that there will never be any stress or pain, but our focus changes. Where do we go when there is conflict and stress? Do we rest in Jesus? Or when the pressures of life come crashing in, do we turn to money, being busy at work, do things that draw us away from God? I trust that in this message that we can find peace with God through other, toward others and also find peace within ourselves. Back to the text that um, Nate read. Um, I want to zero in verse 27. But we need to get um, the com uh, context of this chapter. Um, Jesus is our perfect example of having peace within uh, and we, if we remember what happened um, with this, it was after the Last Supper, and Jesus was talking to his disciples on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And um, Jesus knew that Judas had betrayed him, um, but yet was still offering his disciples peace in the midst of this time. So at Jesus' arrest, we've seen a couple chapters later, um, the soldiers came to arrest Jesus. Instead of fighting back, um, he healed, Jesus healed the high priest's servant's ear that Peter had cut off. And when Jesus was before Pilate, um, he did not fight back or talk back. And John 19, 10, 11, it says, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not? Unto me knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? And Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. This is the kind of peace that Jesus had. He didn't talk back or fight back. And this is the same kind of peace that we can have. And it is a supernatural peace.
I want to read John 14, um, 27 again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's a couple of points I want to bring out in this verse. Number one, peace is a gift. Peace I leave with you, it says. It is not a command that we have peace. It is a gift, not only to the disciples here, but to all believers. Um, we see a little bit later, Jesus prayed to all believers in chapter 17. So it's not just for the disciples, it's for all believers. There is nothing that we need to do to earn it. Before we came, became Christians, we were enemies with God. We were against God because of sin. Isaiah 59.2 says, our, iniqui our iniquities have separated us from God. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Turn with me to Romans 5. I'm not going to read this chapter just because of the sake of time, but it talks about finding peace um, with God here in this chapter. How do we find peace with God? In verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we find peace with God? It's by being justified by faith. What does it mean to be justified? justified by faith. It means to be declared or made righteous before God. And how is this done? This is done through the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not us that did it. It's through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, having faith in him. Do we believe that this is enough to have peace in our lives? This is all we need to have peace. Uh, appreciated ch uh, chapter 4 of Romans, um, Abraham and his example of um, faith. Um, I appreciate the, what it says about faith of Abraham, and this is the kind of faith that we need to have as well. Romans 4, 3, it says, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And also verse 18, Who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And we remember back in Genesis how God promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations, and it just was not happening, and his years were getting older and older. But it says, who against hope, believed in hope. That's what Abraham did. He believed in God, even though it did not seem possible. And that's the kind of faith that we need to have um, when we have, when we want to have a relationship with God. That is how we can have peace with God, by believing in faith, even when it doesn't seem possible. Um, I want to read Colossians 1. 20 and 22. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, 
And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. We who were enemies of God are reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And what does it mean to be reconciled? It means to be to bring back to a former state of harmony. And when was that former state of harmony? It was in the Garden of Eden, where sin was not present. Jesus paid the death penalty so we can have um, peace with God. The enemies have become friends and sons of God through the blood of our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is a gift for all believers. Now back to John 14. The second point that I want to bring out is the source of peace. John 14, 27. It says, my peace. And you notice all the um, pronouns that are, that are in this verse. Um, I, my, I, I. It comes from Jesus. First of all, I want to say, though, that peace comes from God. I believe that peace is an attribute of God, just like um, God is love. I think God is also peace. Romans 15.33 says, Now the God of peace be with you all. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be reserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the Dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So God is peace. God brings us, gives us peace. Also, Jesus gives us peace. And like I said, we the pronouns here in verse 27. Um, he is the one that gives us peace. He is also called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. In John 16, 33, it says... These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. And Second Thessalonians 3.16, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always by all means. So Jesus gives us peace as well. I believe the Holy Spirit gives us peace. The Holy Spirit is promised here in chapter 14, um, to Jesus' disciples. And I think having the peace, or having peace is a result of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Galatians 5, we see that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and more. So the Holy Spirit brings us peace as well. We see that peace comes from each person of the Trinity. They are all working together to bring peace to each one of us if we trust in God. The third point that I want to bring out here in verse 27 of John 14 is the peace of God is not found in human realm, not as the world giveth. All true peace, like I said, comes from God. There are many, many false peace in our world. Everyone says, that, or not everyone, but a lot of people say that they have peace. 
but it only depends on circumstances. And it's very temporary. When there's conflict or pressure, um, it breaks the peace outside of God. The peace that the wicked has only comes from the ignorance of their destruction. Of their destruction. Man will never be able to come up with peace. All the peace treaties that have been established has been broken and will be continually broken until Jesus reigns on this earth. In the end times, right before Jesus comes back, people will say, peace and safety. The Antichrist will promise peace to all men, especially to the, Jew, to the Jews, but will break his promise halfway through. Isaiah 48, 22, it says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. No peace for the wicked. All classes of the wicked are like the troubled sea. They cannot be still and constantly stirs up the mire and dirt of sin and corruption. They have not peace, no calmness of soul or spirit. Their passions and appetites keep them in constant in continual turmoil, seeking something satisfying. The wealth, business, pleasure, pride, flattery, and unrest of the world only keep them dissatisfied, and strong undercurrents of malice, jealousy, lust, revenge, strife, and ambitions to outdo others keep them at war with God and fellow men. The guilt of a past life and the burning memories of wrongdoing agitate the sinner day and night to cover up his evil to cover up his evil but he cannot escape the fear of hell and future reaping and we remember that um, feeling before we were Christians do we not Jeremiah 6:14 it says they have healed also the hurt of the daughter uh, my people slightly saying peace peace when there is no peace this verse is talking about the prophets and the priests have tried to heal or comfort God's people and have done so slightly by promising peace when there will be no peace we cannot of ourselves give peace to others we can't give peace to others of ourselves so how is peace made between each other. How is that done? It needs to start with our relationship with God. Are we at peace with God? Do we have peace with God? That is when we can have peace with one another. The peace of God is not found in the human realm. The fourth point that I want to bring here from verse 27 and John 14, the pursuit of peace. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus tells his disciples and he tells us to not let our hearts be troubled. Don't be anxious about things. How do we do that? Verse 1 of John 14, it says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. I think it's um, the way that we aren't anxious or let our hearts be troubled is through belief. Are we confident in God? Are we convinced that he is true, that his promises are true? 
we have an absolute trust in God, just like Abraham did. Psalms 34, 14, it says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We are to follow peace earnestly. And we get our peace from God. Are we earnestly following after him? Where is our hearts earnestly going? Is it after God? Is it after peace? Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. It says that we will be kept in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on God. How is our mind stayed on God? It says because we trust in him. We continually trust in him. It says because he trusts us in thee. That's an ongoing thing. It is an ongoing trust. This is a promise for all men of all ages who meet the condition of keeping their mind stayed on God and who trust in him at all times, in all things and in all places. It says something about perfect peace. That will keep him in perfect peace, peace that is complete. And I'm reminded of the verses in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in, in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A picture of perfect peace. Colossians 3.15, it says, And the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We are to let God, the peace of God, rule in our hearts. That's another way that we can pursue peace. Are we allowing the peace of God to rule in our hearts? Rule means to be a, an umpire, to direct, to govern. Hebrews 12, 14 is follow peace with all men in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace with all men. Are we striving to follow peace with all men? We are to pursue, to chase, and to seek after. Philippians 4, um, six and seven. I'll quick read that. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your minds, your hearts, and minds through Christ Jesus. Actually, I'm going to keep reading to verse uh, nine. I think it is. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are Honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. We are to be careful for nothing. Don't be troubled with cares, but in prayer make your requests known to God. And not only make your request known to God, but we are to do it with thanksgiving. 
I think when we do this, um, our pers perspective in life changes. And we also come to God in humility. An improper perspective distorts reality. If you think about it, when we hold a dime-sized pebble an inch from your eye, it will block the view of the most, most mag majestic mountain. But take the pebble away, and you'll see the mountain and the pebble in their proper relationship to each other. And that's how it is with prayer. When our anxieties are held too close, it can blind you to the truth of God's majesty. When you focus on his majesty, you come away with your perspective restored. When our perspective in life changes, the peace of God shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word shall keep means to guard, protect by military guard. Did you notice a promise in this verse? And the peace, uh, yeah, God, God's peace shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I think we all want that promise in our own lives. Um, be anxious for nothing, um, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, your requests be known, made known unto God. And the peace shall guard us. The peace of God, we see, also passes all understanding. In the world's view, peace does not make sense. Um, Jesus, the peace that Jesus gives does not make sense. They do not get it. Pilate, Pilate didn't understand why Jesus was so calm in the midst of his trial. But the only way that the world will understand, or the people in the world will understand, the peace that God gives if they um, understand the Prince of Peace or if they have a relationship with the Prince of Peace. Also, we see in these verses in Philippians 4 is, um, verse 9, it says, And the God of peace shall be with you. Not only does God give us peace, but he is with us. The God of peace shall be with you. The one, the creator of the universe is with us. The one that is in control of all things is with us. The one that sees our struggles and our trials and the pressure that comes our way is with us. The God of peace is with us. He not only gives us peace, but he is with us. Another way that we can pursue peace is we can find peace in reading and obeying God's word. Psalms 119, 165, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace, it says. Not just peace, but it says great peace. When we love God's word, there's great peace. Proverbs 3, 1 to 2, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandment. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. There is peace when we don't forget God's commands, when we guard his commands. How important is God's word to us? It will bring us peace when we obey his word. I think another thing uh, when we think about peace is we need to extend grace 
to have peace. Um, and most of Paul's letters, he began his letters with grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, uh, if we look at that, grace is before peace. And in every single time, grace is the key element for peace. God did that to us. He extended grace to us so that we can have peace with him. And that's the same for us. We need to extend grace to each other so we can have peace with one another. In conclusion, I just want to read a story um, that I was really blessed with. It talks about peace. The story is told of a man who was on a long-haul flight when the voice of the captain came across the speakers. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts. I'm asking the flight attendants to be seated, and we, and we are suspending beverage service because we're expecting turbulence ahead. Turbulence is what they got. Within minutes, the plane was trembling and quaking from the storm. Cracks of thunder could be heard above the roar of the engines. Lightning lit up the darkening skies. And the plane jolted like a cork tossed around on a heavenly ocean. One moment, the airplane was lifted on a terrific current of air. The next, it dropped as if, it, as if about to crash. The man was as terrified as the other passengers. Only one person seemed perfectly calm, a little girl. Her feet tucked beneath her as she curled up, reading a book amid the mayhem. Sometimes she closed her eyes as if napping. Gradually, the plane escaped the storm and finally flew peacefully on to its destination. While waiting to disembark, the man couldn't help asking the girl why she had not worried. My daddy's the pilot, she said, and he's taking me home. I didn't worry because I knew he was in the cockpit. In the cockpit. Is God in your cockpit? Do you have the peace of God in your life? Do you trust in Jesus? Is it well with your soul? Trust in Jesus. Again, I want to just show you these pictures. Which picture is a true picture of peace? I believe it's this bird that's sitting there in the nest in the midst of a storm. Are you like the bird secured in the firm foundation of Jesus Christ? Let's kneel to pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your many blessings and your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that you give us. Thank you, Lord, for your Son that died on the cross that can bring us peace, that we can have peace with you. I pray, God, that you just guide and direct us today. Bless our fellowship. I pray that we would honor and glorify you and trust in you. Just be with us as we, as we go home. Just keep us safe. Thank we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.